it's just a wonderful community. So I'm always happy uh, when asked, uh, you know, to do anything like this to speak. Anyone listening to news right now knows that we're living through an opioid epidemic. About 140 people die every day from opioid overdoses. And it's hard to believe, but between 1999 and 2015, 183,000 people died from prescription opioid overdoses. Um, it kills more people than motor vehicle accidents uh, and also suicide. Very, very sad. Um, and in fact, uh, seven out of every thousand infants born now shows signs of withdrawal. So I think that's, that's almost a five or six-fold increase. Um, and this epidemic is affecting everyone. It knows no boundaries. It affects all socioeconomic strata, all walks of life. Um, as a physician that takes care of high-risk pregnancies, I am increasingly seeing more and more women that are struggling with addiction, particularly opioid addiction, um, in their pregnancies. Now, I find that I have a special passion for taking care of these patients. I feel like one of my God-given strengths is uh, talents, gifts, it really is, um, is the ability to meet people where they are. And what I mean by that is um, we have no idea what crosses other people bear. And, and so just not to be judgmental. Uh, a recent patient of mine, for instance, uh, found herself pregnant and addicted to heroin. She was told that she would never get pregnant. And then when she found out that she was pregnant, she tried very hard to stop it on her own. But between the, you know, the violent shaking and chills and the intractable vomiting, you know, she went back to use the heroin. Now, how did this start? Well, she's from Kentucky. She left her family behind because she got married. When she came up to Chicago, her husband, where her husband is from, uh, he started cheating on her. The, the marriage dissolved, and she started um, hanging around with some co-workers that did heroin, and it just escalated from there. Um, and then I have another patient of mine who I'll call Jane. Uh, she was in a very severe motor vehicle accident, and after that started using prescription opioid uh, pills. And then when that supply started to dry out, she found herself addicted, and then she started using heroin. Um, neither one of these women want to use heroin or want to do drugs when they're pregnant. Um, but their brains were hijacked. What, what initially starts out is using it because you have pain or using it because of euphoria or try to leave something behind soon turns into just drug-seeking behavior. Your brains are hijacked and because the withdrawal is so bad, uh, instead of feeling pain relief or euphoria, you're just trying to avoid the withdrawal. So um, it's very sad. Now, because the rate of relapse is so high with these medications, um, uh, in pregnancy and actually outside of pregnancy too, um, it's recommended that most of these patients are, are placed on what we call uh, medication-assisted therapy, which we usually use methadone or buprenorphine. Now, it sounds a little counterintuitive uh, to be giving an opioid medication to someone who's addicted to opioids, but actually what winds up happening is um, when you give them a long-acting opioid, 
it actually starts to stabilize their brain. So instead of that drug-seeking behavior where, uh, you know, they have the highs and the lows from the illicit drugs and, and all the, um, the risks that are associated with it, once you stop those cravings, drug-seeking behaviors, it starts to normalize their life and they can start functioning and doing day-to-day -day things, taking care of their family, um, etc. And so... Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you is that, you know, these patients that use illicit drugs like this in pregnancy, they put their pregnancies at very high risk for preterm delivery, um, actually even fetal death from those highs and lows. So um, now Jane stopped using, once we got her on maintenance therapy, she stopped using illicit drugs. She started taking care of her other kids. She held down a job, and her daughter was born with no evidence of withdrawal. So um, I have to tell you that, uh, and that daughter was just perfect. It is truly humbling to be able to make that kind of impact on two people, mother and daughter. So most people never get the medical treatment that they, they need uh, with drug addiction, but for me, for all of us, pregnancy is a window of opportunity to, to get the, these patients uh, the care that they need. Um, they desperately want to do whatever they can to get a successful out, uh, pregnancy. Again, they're not making a conscious decision that they want to do drugs. Um, the other thing that I uh, want to say is they need help. And people have their hearts, uh, you know, uh, they think they're in the right place, but criminalizing pregnant women for doing this is not the answer. It is ineffective and it's unethical. In certain states, uh, they are actually thrown in jail for it. So what does that do? It keeps them away from getting the prenatal care that they so desperately need. So, you know, we need to try to help these patients. Um, for myself, like many women here with me, some of my sisters, one in seven, I was diagnosed with breast cancer about 10 years ago. And my biggest fear at that time was our boys were small, three, uh, three sons, and I was very afraid of not being around for them when they grew up. Um, so sometime after the initial shock of that diagnosis, um, I remembered very vividly years back when I was sitting with uh, Susan Jacksack Pace, uh, who is a cousin by marriage, um, who she lost her life to cancer and left behind uh, three young daughters. And I vividly remember her, um, her serene smile, her beautiful laugh. She was so faithful and she said she wasn't afraid of dying. Um, but that she would miss her girls, you know, and, and so uh, that was the thing that she was uh, sad about. And it left such an impression on me at the time, then, and then when I thought back about it, you know, years later after hearing my own diagnosis. And then I have to tell you, sometime soon after that time is when I really had my own transition or spiritual conversion. I, too, felt peace. I wasn't afraid of dying. I felt like God had a plan for me, whatever it was, not to say that I didn't go through all the therapy I could and everything that I could, you know, to beat this cancer, but I felt like I was exactly where I was meant to be. And I look at my guild sisters as the rest of the prayers, St. Uh, Therese Littleflower says so beautifully that I have to read it. 
May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. Now, there are times, situations, moments that I find strength um, that I can't otherwise explain. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it. Uh, how do I comfort a mother who just lost a baby? Uh, how do I take care of a mom who herself just heard that she has advanced stage breast cancer? The outcomes are not always happy, but it's at those moments that I feel a sense of humility and I really feel God's presence with me and it, and it, and it gives me the strength. So I would be remiss if I didn't talk, use this opportunity to talk about healthy pregnancies, right? That's what I do. I see a lot of patients for what's called preconception counseling. And what that is is before a pregnancy, if a woman is anticipating any problems, she wants to talk about it, get advice for the best pregnancy outcome. Now, uh, how does that happen? Uh, women may have underlying conditions that put their pregnancy at risk, like hypertension or diabetes. Um, maybe they had a bad pregnancy outcome in the past, a preterm delivery, or even preeclampsia. And so, you know, they should reach out to their obstetricians or a perinatologist, which is what I am, a maternal fetal medicine specialist. For example, women who have underlying chronic hypertension are at risk to develop preeclampsia. Um, preeclampsia is a disorder that's unique to pregnancy and it can be very severe. Um, it can cause seizures. Uh, women have to be delivered early for this condition sometimes, rarely, though it can cause stroke and even death. It's very, very severe. By taking a baby aspirin every day in pregnancy, that can significantly decrease that risk. Also, if you've had a history of preeclampsia, by doing that in a subsequent pregnancy, it can significantly decrease that risk. Also, taking extra folic acid um, can decrease certain birth defects, notably spina bifida and also certain cardiac abnormalities. So there's so much that we can do uh, to try to uh, improve pregnancy. And yes, life is a very uh, precious gift from God, but we should do everything we can to get the best outcomes uh, for that. Many of you know that beautiful statue of mother and child in front of St. Paul of the Cross. Um, and it was placed, it was uh, 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 placed there by our guild, uh, St. Teresa Little Flowers, a tribute to those mothers who left us far too young. Cousin Susan Pace, um, our beloved guild sister Maureen McCambridge, and also my younger sister Anita, who died eight, about eight years ago. She was only 47 years old. Although she died of lung cancer, she could have easily died of a drug overdose. She struggled with drug addiction her whole life. Um, and growing up, at the time, I thought it was a character flaw. I thought it was a moral failing. So I would implore you not to make the same mistake. Uh, drug overdoses are claiming far too many young lives. Um, please, you can be part of the solution by talking about and treating drug addiction for what it is, a chronic and relapsing medical condition that meet, needs medical care. Um, as Christians, we need to meet people where they are. We need not to be judgmental. Um, 
Most of you, many of you know the songwriter and singer Jewel. She had a beautiful song and I thought a very powerful sentence. In the end, only kindness matters. And I really believe that. Very individual. You can take the same diagnosis and it is so different depending on the person you're with. Uh, there are some people that, you know, really want... Um, really want to be told what to do. Um, other people that want to hear all their options, feeling like that they are, uh, you know, making decisions on their own. Other people who are very faithful um, and uh, want to know um, as a Christian or as a, you know, uh, as, as a religious or spiritual person, what they should be doing. Because, you know, some of these pregnancies are very complicated. Um, you know, we find birth defects not uncommonly, especially if you're in a high-risk pregnancy. And so um, this is another place where you have to meet people where they are. How much information do they want? Um, how, you know, how much do they want as far as decisions? How much do they want you to tell them what to do? And, and as I always say, I am here to support you. You know, whatever you feel like is the best decision for you because it's going to be different for everyone else. So, very different.